This show is intended for a mature audience only and may contain harsh language, trans fats, live nudes, and derogatory comments about your mother. Those who are easily offended or have no sense of humor are encouraged to turn off the show now. Parental discretion is advised. My enemies are many. My equals are none. They fear me like a force of nature, a dealer in thunder and death. I say, I am Emperor! Highlander and Emperor's Court. It's a celebration of mediocrity. All this energy calling me. Where it comes from. It's such a crude attitude. Play ball. From the shores of frozen Lake Erie to the banks of the equally frozen mighty Cuyahoga River, live from Cleveland, Ohio, USA tonight, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Emperor's Court here on Versa World Radio. Hang on one second. There we go better. Isn't it? It is for me. On Versa World Productions, VTWProductions.com, this is the Emperor's Court. I am your host, the Emperor, joined in studio by nobody, actually. Dun, dun, dun. Don't we have that? Actually, I'm talking to myself now, so don't I have that? Yes, I do. There we go. Uh, Highlander is not here this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, he will not be here either this week nor next week. So tonight, yours truly is flying solo. So a couple things need to happen. Some programming notes before we get started. Uh, As I just mentioned, Highlander will not be here this week or next. I will have a guest host in studio with me next week. Baron Von Gosu will be making his triumphant return to the Emperor's Court after a long hiatus since the last time he was here. Uh, God willing, if his schedule opens up, he should be here for the entire show. So it should be a little more entertaining with somebody actually to debate and talk to. It's been a long time since I actually had to do a show just my lonesome. So uh, this is going to be a little different. So I'm going to need some help from you guys. I'm actually adjusting my mic volume because now I have one mic here to worry about instead of two. Sober, or did no... Uh, okay, I thought you were asking actually about the Baron because half the time when he shows up, he is drunk. But no, no, I thought you were referring to that. Anyways, uh, also programming notes, January 29th, neither Hyler nor I, that's uh, two weeks from today, will be here. Mystic Mim has her appreciation dinner for her job, so we will be rubbing elbows with people of that stature and nature later on down the road, so I will not be here I will be at a dinner at the IX Center here in Cleveland. So the 29th, we will be off. Either we will have a replacement show for you to listen to, or perhaps I can finagle somebody else into hosting for us like GoHex did last week. I don't know how the mic volume is, ladies and gentlemen. I do know that I'm not projecting as I normally do, mainly because my voice just doesn't have it. Um, I'm still recovering from the bubonic plague, which I seem to have attracted again. So bear with me here. Um... 
I can see him kicking and screaming all the way there. Yeah, well, apparently I sound fine. Well, that's good. All right. Well, here's the deal. Uh, we're only going to go two hours tonight. Normally, the show goes until 9 o'clock Eastern. However, being solo and the fact that I'm still trying to fight this off and I have to get up early again tomorrow, we're only going to go two hours. So kind of roll with me on that. It's erotic. Pl- what is with you in erotic plague, Bio? Seriously, sometimes you scare me, dude. Really. Uh, also, there are three new shows up for you to download. Thanks to GnomeWise, who put them up there, and thanks to GoX, who hosted last week's show. Uh, last week, we have GoHex's Emperor's Court, where he filled in for us. Much appreciated. Last night, Highlander and I both rec- we recorded a about an hour and a half replacement show, so you can download that, as well as the show before Christmas, the December 22nd show, is also up. Um, a lot has happened, actually, over the winter break, and a lot of that we covered in the uh, makeup show, so... Nomize will be fine. Uh, Nomize says maybe we should follow up the Empress Court with uh, an Alpha Geek radio. That would be kind of cool. I can hear the little ones laughing in the next room. God, this microphone's great. You guys really, when you have paid for this microphone, you listeners, you, we really got a great one. I can hear anything in this house. Um, so let me bring you up to date on a couple things. I know you guys are going to download the other show, which has a lot in it, but I'll just try and uh, explain a few things. Um <clears throat> Actually, that would be kind of cool. So I guess Alpha Geek Radio may follow the Emperor's Court tonight uh, and kind of fill in an extra gap, the extra hour that I am not able to do. Having said that, where is Highlander tonight? Well, uh, his cousin, uh, Paul, which I actually, the three of us went to college together, um, and I know pretty well, so congratulations to Paul. I don't know if he listens to the show or not. I know he talks to me and Adam. His bachelor party is this evening, so Highlander's out and doing that. Next week is the wedding, so he's out consecutive Saturdays. Obviously, I did not want to go an entire month and a half with no shows, so here I am, doing it solo, and then again next week with Baron Von Gosa, who will be here. So there you go. Now you're all up to date. January is kind of a rough month. That and July are the two roughest months here to do uh, any kind of shows for me. Now, updates. Um, it was kind of rough over the holidays. Not only was I sick, but uh, several of my family members were, and a couple gravely, so most of them have recovered, but we actually had... Uh, my seven-month-old cousin, I had my sister-in-law, my aunt, and my grandmother all went into the hospital within a couple days of each other. So it was kind of a rough holidays, uh, Christmas and New Year. So it's a good thing I, I didn't have to do the show because I would not have been here. Rue was saying, no weekly racism by Hounder. Sorry, dude. Uh, he does the racism stuff. Amp can still do it. He'd tell us and tell us to send the hate mail to Hounder. Yeah, we could. And I could be the racist prick and you guys can send him the hate mail. Instead of him doing it all. Um, so obviously there will not be any quickening tonight. I will have... I Highlander promised me that he will have a quickening for next week as well as a stupid video game moment of the week. That's really his responsibility, so he will do that for next week. In addition, if not, I know the Baron Von Gosu uh, is even more bitter and a bigger asshole than I am. So if you want to send your questions, he'll be more than happy to answer them on the air. So there's always that. But uh, yeah, then the daughter was sick and I was sick and it was one thing after another. Just kind of fed off each other in that regard as to the house i know everyone's been following this with bated breath the new house um we're closing on it folks looks like it's a done deal they're fixing up the last couple things i wanted we're just waiting for the paperwork to wind its way through the bowels of Cuyahoga county and then we begin moving in so there may be a bit of a uh, uh a interruption of service such as it is until we move everything into the new house so for a week maybe two possibly until I get the war room set up, there may not be an Emperor's Court. I will certainly try to work around that, but we'll see. 
There will definitely have a lot more elbow room to set up things, and uh, hopefully that will improve. Not to mention my schedule should be a little easier to get around. So there's that. Now, I've gone on for a few minutes here of my little monologue before we actually get to any of the video game music. Or, music, jeez. Actual video game news that I have that I've collected, that Nunlef has collected, and that Highlander sent along. But before we get that, here's this. Here's how you can get in touch with the guys. Send an email to them at emperor1g at cox.net. Or join us in IRC at irc.quakenet.org in channel VTW. Now, one other thing I want to mention that we've been discussing behind closed doors. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re- reveal a little bit of it. Um, a couple days ago, I threw out the idea of taking phone calls uh, for the show. Now, I threw this out to the staff. I know I've debated it in our forums before, in the Empress Court forums. What we're probably going to do, just to test it out, to see how it goes, is take phone calls over Skype, meaning... Actual Skype calls instead of phone calls. So if you have Skype, next week we will announce the actual name of the Skype channel for all the VTW stations. So the next time you want to get in contact with a show that's actually going to take these questions on the air, your questions or comments or actually put you on the air, I'm not sure how it's going to work for everybody else. But for this show, the idea behind it is you will call in. I will then take your call live on the air where you will have a chance to... Do your thing. Say what you want to say. Maybe it's a compliment. Maybe it's a question. You know, maybe you just want to act like a jackass and be made fun of. I wouldn't recommend that particular route, but there are some people who will. The choice is yours. Know this. The same thing applies to phone calls as applies to IRC. If you decide to put the microphone on your head, dial that number, push connect, and I put you on the air, anything goes. If you act like a jackass... I will rip you. If you don't act like a jackass, I will still rip you. You have been warned. You know what you're getting when you call. So there you have it. So next week we'll give out the information. Um, I don't have my rig set up for it, or I would take the calls today. Obviously, that would be much easier on me because then I could just play off of you. And I don't have that, but we'll try for it next week. Now, for the Video Game of the Year Award, the uh, big thumb, the golden thumbs up that we're going to give, I have the... Um, the final is down to seven games. I will also post those this week on the Empress Court forums on vtwproductions.com. I will take into account all the voting that is done. You know what? Screw it. Maybe we'll just do all the voting, whatever the votes are for those games. I will post them on the VTW forums on the Empress Court. All of you can then vote. I'll leave the voting go for three weeks. I think it should be more than enough time for you guys to vote, get out the vote, tell people about it. I will then send a plaque, a custom-made plaque, to the video game company of the winning game, congratulating them on behalf of the Empress Court. VW, I'm sorry, well, I can't do that for the station, but on behalf of the Empress Court, its hosts and fans. So I think you'll, I think you'll like it. It shouldn't be anything out of the ordinary. There might be a couple extra ones in there, but... Massa says, audio emails mean those things that they only had one of? I'm not sure what you're referring to, but no. What happens is you actually get on Skype, you call the station Skype, and then I put you on the air directly. So there you go. And then you actually talk to me on the air in front of everybody. As the divine justice of Clan Imperial Guard has showed up. That's one thing, too, I'll have now that I'll actually have the house done, or at least purchased. I should be able to have... That's, that's not a bad idea on the left. I actually should have a little more extra time, so I should be able to start playing some more games for a change. None left has suggested live one-on-one quickening. Maybe we should do that. Uh, maybe an advice column. Call up Highlander and say, you know, dear Highlander, I need advice on the following problem. That's not a bad idea, none left. That, there's, that's a segment in and of itself. 
Zen says, if you are a representative of one of the games, send your bribery via electronic transfer to emperor1g at cox.net, which happens to be my PayPal as well as my email. That's kind of cool. One-on-one quickening. I like that. Or at least live quickening. As it happens, I you know send your question in. So, which kind of leads to my last thing. There was some echoing during that drop-in. It's Mystic Mim. I Okay. Archbishop Shriggs is showing off the Emperor's Castle in Minecraft. Some Somebody tells me that uh, there's some now PvP abilities in Minecraft. That you can actually kill other players. Is that what I... Uh, is that what I've heard? Sounds awfully familiar, similar to the hypothetical help with Scott Johnson. Uh-huh. DJ's like, where's the loud liberal guy? Yeah, well, Highlander's not here. For those tuning in late, you shouldn't be late. Be here on time. Highlander will not be here this evening or next week. He is off doing wedding stuff. So PvP is enabled on the VTW Minecraft server. Really? I like that. I like that a lot. I hope nobody lays siege to my castle. We should be able to attack somebody else. I like that. Your participation in tonight's show is actually very encouraged, as I will need your help to kind of get through this. I'm not sure how long my voice will hold up. Obviously, I'll do as much as I can. Send your emails, as the info said, to emperor1g at cox.net, and we'll go from there. Now, tonight, we have a bunch of stuff to get to. Uh, Some topics I want to hit. Show Emp the giant Pepsi logo on the side of Mount Pepsi can. (laughs) Really? Really? All right, hang, hang on. Okay. All right, I'm on the video chat. For those who don't know, if you go to vtwproductions.com, there is a IRC and video chat where you can see people uh, streaming from the webcam. Apparently, uh, the Archbishop Shriggs is supposed to be showing us a video now of the Emperor's Court Castle Fortress and then Mount Pepsi Can. <laughs> go back and listen to the Halloween episode. that It'll make more sense. So uh, we're waiting for that to pop up. They're currently fortifying the Emperor's Castle to fend off attacks, since PvP is now allowable. So, <laughs> all right. Well, when you get that up, let me know. That's... All right. So we have a bunch of topics to get to tonight. A lot of to- uh, not a whole lot of debate, since it's just me, but I'll try to argue with myself for your benefit. I found this one, and I thought this is, this is hysterical. Uh, all right. Th- this is Trojan Condom's Boner of the Week play. This is from Yahoo.com. I saw this a couple weeks ago, and I snagged it. All right, from the AP, cops, man playing real-life Frogger hit by SUV. For those who don't know, back in the day, Frogger was an old video game. I think it was out for the Atari as well as for the arcade, where you tried to maneuver a frog across, you know, five or six or eight lanes of traffic without getting hit. This is from Clemson, South Carolina. Quote, a man has been hospitalized after police in South Carolina say he was hit by an SUV while playing a real-life version of the video game Frogger. Authorities said the 23-year-old man was taken to a hospital in Anderson after he was struck at about 9 p.m. Monday. Okay. Before he was hit, police say the man had been discussing the game Frogger with his friends. Chief Jimmy Dixon said the man yelled, Go! and darted into oncoming traffic in the four-lane highway. No charges are expected against the driver. The name of the man who was struck has not been released. He was in stable condition Monday night. Too damn bad that you know he wasn't hit and squashed like the frog is. Real life Frogger. You wonder if there was any kind of alcohol in uh, involved in that one. Words to live by. You know, the following words are always followed by trouble. Here, hold my beer. But <laughs> I guess he was there with a bunch. Of, for one, I question why you are with a bunch of friends on the side of a four lane highway. 
And then he just kind of says, you know, we ever played Frogger? No. What's Frogger? Hey, you're 23 years old. How the hell does he even know what Frogger is? So I probably snorted something or drank something and then tried, tried running, running across the street, four-lane highway, and is hit by an SUV. How the hell he's not dead, I have no idea, since you figure one of those things is going 60 miles an hour. Zuber says it's methamphetamine. Okay, he was on meth. I don't know. It's the kind of some got a driver not punished for pedestrian stupidity. It's a fucking miracle. <laughs> Bio says, too bad someone wasn't standing at a nearby bridge with a camera to get it. Now, see, that would be awesome. I would, I would personally pimp that thing out to get 40 million views on YouTube. No, I mean, seriously, how does that conversation go where you're standing next to your buddies and you're like, hey, hey let's play Frogger. What? Let's play Frogger. You're drunk. What the hell's Frogger? We're 23 years old. We weren't born until the PlayStation was out. No, shut up, man. I can make it. Let me just run across four lanes of traffic. It'll stop. See, in the game Frogger, all the cars are in the different lanes are going about essentially different speeds, so you can actually kind of time it. Not this guy. Nope, he just ran right across, got smacked by an SUV, and he's in stable condition. You see, that's another example of where the human gene pool needs a lifeguard. That guy was doing the be- could have been doing the best for us by removing himself from the human gene pool. That one from Yahoo.com. So, hoping to get a little more out of it, but, you know, it's only one of us here. Damn it, car- man, cars, trucks, and elephants coming down at me. All right. That's funny. Calgary says, I'm 16. I've played Frogger a lot. On what? I'm curious now. Or, I'm sorry, Calgore. What have you played Frogger on? That would be interesting. It came out for the PlayStation 1? You know what? I think I vaguely remember that. I think I actually might have gotten that, where it released like 30 of the old Atari arcade games or Atari games that you could actually play. On the old PlayStation 1, it was like an Activision Classics or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martyrdom says, it was a game pack from Atari. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it has to be. I think I think I still remember that, yeah. That's what happens when you try to play a video game in real life, Spyro says. Well, you tell me if I ran down the street with a knife in my hand, I wouldn't go faster than everybody else? Yes, please send in your uh, emails. Emperor1g at Cox.net. I hope they have a much bigger... See, the problem is, I didn't... I wasn't able to post those three shows, up, well, specifically the one right before Christmas, where we go over the uh, Spike TV awards and uh, you know how accurate we were this year. God, what an abysmal, what an atrocious abortion of a show. Really was. Anyways, when we don't, when we tend not to put up the newest archives, we don't get as many questions. I know Highlander was complaining the quickening only had two questions, and that's primarily why, is I didn't put up the new ones up. So there is always that. But if you can send emails to it, then we can have a much bigger mailbag, and the show's a lot better. I know I kind of keep harping on that, but I, again, I'm just waiting for my voice to give out. So, again, we'll go as long as I can, but, you know. Are they going to use this for the video games or bad for you things? You know, Felix, that's an interesting point. And when I mentioned this to Mystic Mim, she said much the same thing. She said, you just wait. They're going to turn this into SUVs are bad because they're killing the environment and people. Or they're going to turn this into video games make you do stupid things, therefore video games are bad. We've already heard a lot of this in the last two weeks. For those who don't follow American news, and I don't know, 
how it is portrayed overseas. But we recently had uh, here in Arizona, over in Gnomewise's backyard, we had one of our congresswomen shot by some friggin' lunatic. And naturally, in the course of the conversation, when they were done blaming the Republicans and conservatives, granted they had no reason to, and they have nothing to base it on, when that kind of fizzled out, now I'm starting to hear people complaining, oh, well, he was playing Call of Duty, and he was playing uh, Modern Warfare, and, and Quake, and that's what made him nuts. Right, because the guy clearly wasn't unhinged when the reports were coming in that they tossed him out of his college, they tossed him out of high school, that he's a mental you know, nut job. I'm sure the games did it to him. I must have missed a part in, in Grand Theft Auto where you can you know, pull over, jump out, and shoot up a crowd full of people with a congresswoman. So, I mean... It, I mean, that's what's kind of getting tossed about now, is that, oh, well, you know, TV, violent TV and violent video games and violent movies all did it. Hernandez says, don't blame the military for that, uh, for that guy, Amp. He couldn't get into the service, uh, the ass end of the Army Reserve. I, I'm not blaming the military. I'm simply saying that there are people out there now, these pundits and bloggers and idiots, who seem to think they have uh, their finger on the pulse of this nation, are now claiming, oh, well, you know, those video games... Bio says, where do they blame him for that, Amp? I just read a CNN article that talks about a game forum, but it even absolves that forum. I don't think it was CNN. No, 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 These are The blogosphere is alive with this one. It's funny, too, how many people, obviously because of where I work, that's a public debate as well. And you hear people walking by saying the same thing. Oh, things were much easier back in the day. You know, violent TV and movies and video games. That's what probably pushed them. That's where he got the idea is to go in and shoot up a crowd because no one ever did that before the invention of video games. Right. Of course people are confronting this BS. People confront it when they were blaming the Republicans, and that one fizzled out and blew up in their face. You know, it's kind of funny, because Mystic Mim and I both saw this when it hit the news. And when the, when the news came out that it was a white guy that did it, she immediately said, you watch, they're going to turn around and say that he's some kind of Tea Party nut job that started to shoot up the place. And when that turned out to be false, not that that stopped them, they kind of progressed into, well, look at the violent medias and the entertainment we have in society and, and how that's turning you know, people into nut jobs. Did it ever occur to any of these people, and I know this is an old discussion we've had ad nauseum, but did it ever stop to occur to anybody that maybe the guy is just friggin' nuts and that's just how it manifested itself? Felix says, so it's just it's Columbine without the school. Sakani says, Combine was the first tragic event in the history of time, according to the media. Yes, because that's when uh, everything came to a halt, or it came to a, a head. Doom and Quake. Yeah, remember when, when the two jackasses were using Doom? They had, they had some kind of spe- you know, special levels that they had used on the map editor that made them like ultra excessive glory, you know, gory. And therefore, that led them to shoot up Columbine. Really? What are you, Michael Moore now? We're just taking two points on a map and drawing a line between them. Zan says, oh no, people don't do crazy shit without media or political figures telling them to. Now that's what they want you to believe, is that you know Sarah Palin can somehow tell people to go shoot someone. For one, I don't think people Sarah Palin really has this kind of pull that people think she does. Secondly, I don't think anyone's going to choose to go out and shoot up a crowd of people just because you know, Sarah Palin doesn't like the the ladies' politics. I mean, come on. I understand he went there to shoot the you know the congresswoman, but I don't believe that he was any more you know influenced by Grand Theft Auto or any other video game he played 
more than what Sarah Palin told him. It's just stupid either way you look at it. She's a redneck anyway. She'd do it herself. I would not put it past Sarah Palin. She looks like a, like a crack shot to me. Miasa says, that sounds so easy, Imp. We have to have something better to point to than call a person crazy. Well, of course, these days, there's a reason for everything. There's no such thing as personal responsibility anymore. It goes back to the same debate we've had at Nausea too about parents and video games. Oh, well, they want to outlaw violent video games and put 18 and over tags on them and ban them from being sold. Because parents don't want to have any kind of personal responsibility. They just assume somebody else keep run, uh, roughshod over their, their kids and keep track of them than we do. To hell with that. Sometimes, how's that quote go from uh, uh, Batman, the new Batman, the Dark Knight? Some people just like to see the world burn. You know what? That's that's God's honest truth. Some people do. There are just some people out there that are just unhinged. Or something clicks, and there's nothing you can do about it. You don't know who it is. In this case, they knew the guy was nuts. Even the parents say, well, we, we saw the problem. We saw the warning signs. We didn't do anything about it. No, I don't know why her parents sound like friggin' Kermit the Frog, but they do. Ah! So, you know. Martyrdom says, I never realized that the Columbine kids have planted out that far. I don't know that they... See, I was always under the impression that the mods that they made were actually based on what the school looked like inside. Apparently that isn't the case. They just made them, you know, extra gory, that's all. Yeah. Thank you, Lead Hacks. Some people just want to watch the world burn. And yes... There are some people out there that are just like that. And always will be. Kermit the Frog, coming to you from the Emperor's Court, live in Cleveland, Ohio. That puts a lot of strain on my voice. <laughs> you wouldn't think so, but... Thank you, none left. Because some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. There you go. Kermit the Frog should do the quick. <laughs> well, you know what? When when uh, Baron's here next week, I'll make him do the quickening in the uh, orc voice. How about that? I was thinking about having uh, Mystic Mim step in here and actually kind of co-host this with me, but you know her in microphones. It's kind of hard to do. Didn't somebody, try to remember, didn't somebody accuse me not too long ago, a couple months ago or whatever, in an email saying that I never put Mystic Mim on the air because I'm a chauvinistic pig or I, I wouldn't give her mic time or something like that? I I could have sworn somebody accused me of that. I have to go back and look. You know, I think I deleted those emails anyways. Wouldn't surprise me. PS3, the PlayStation 3 app, reportedly threatening the trophy system. Application allows cheaters to instantly unlock every trophy in a game. Oh, no. Somehow they're able to unlock a bunch of virtual trophies. That's hard. Oh, no. This is from 1UP.com. It looks like the first genuine fallout of the new, now infamous PS3 root key release has bubbled up. As reports are circulating that a new homebrew app allows cheaters to instantly unlock all the trophies in a PlayStation 3 game and even sync the ill-begotten trophies through the network so they show up on their trophy list. Now, for those who don't remember, because it's been a while since this came up, some months ago, somebody was able to jailbreak the uh, 
uh, PlayStation 3. Now, I believe Sony very quickly responded and released some different firmware or fixed it. And it didn't really seem to do a whole lot, but I guess this is as far as it went. I suppose if the worst you can say is that somebody jailbreaks or jailbroken or whatever, your system, and allows people to have a bunch of meaningless virtual trophies as opposed to costing you millions in pirated games, I'd consider yourself pretty lucky. Continuing. The app, called the PlayStation 3 Unlocker, of course, only works on jailbroken consoles. Basically, those are consoles that you have modded. Okay. According to CVG, one user on an unnamed, for obvious reasons, hacking forum claimed to have used the app writing... Just tried it with Buzz Quiz TV original disc. Played around in the game, then quit. Trophies now show at 100%. Currently, he had 70% previously. Uh, apparently, it doesn't work for all games, as Resident Evil 5 and Batman Arkham Asylum, for some reason, reportedly resisted the hack. Mainly because either A, it's bullshit and the thing doesn't actually exist, or B, it's because the programming is a little different. Once again, uh, hang on. Sony issued a statement to CVG when asked about this application, although it is word for word the same prepared statement they released after it was originally hacked. We are aware of this, and we are currently looking into it. We will fix the issues through network updates. But because this is a security issue, we are not able to provide you with any more details. Okay. Whether Sony can fix the issues through network updates remains to be seen. Hackers have claimed so far that the fallout of releasing the rootkey online is irreversible. As, I don't believe that. As for the PlayStation 3 Unlocker app, one has to wonder, doesn't cheating away to instantly unlocking trophies defeat the entire point of fun of unlocking them? You know what? That's not the, that's not the thing. Somebody has made... Okay. What does getting all the trophies do for you? Really? When you get right down to it. It's the same thing with the achievements in StarCraft 2. Really? What does it get you? Does it get you in-game units that other people don't have? Does it give you some kind of advantage over the other players? Do you get free stuff sent to your house? Do you get free games or do you get Xbox Live paid for a year? Nothing. You get nothing. Bio says just bragging rights. Bragging rights. To who? I cannot think of anybody over the age of 14 who would give a good goddamn about somebody's achievement score or how many trophies they've got. The lead actress says, according to Sony, trophies do matter because a couple years ago, Sony made it a requirement that all games released on the PlayStation 3 have to have trophies from the start because too many people were complaining about games that patched in later after they had played it. If you are playing, okay, I understand that it gives you goals to set up for. You want to beat the game in X amount of turns. You want to beat the game with certain factions. You want to beat the game without being killed. You want to do it on just one guy. You want to have the most kills going into it. I understand all that. It doesn't mean anything. The only If it's a sign of skill... The only score that should matter at the end of the day involving skill has to do with your online record. Have you won more games than you've lost? What is the margin of victory? What is your kill-to-death ratio? That is the only thing that really makes a difference. That's the only thing that should matter. I don't care if you can beat up the the first person. Wow, you got to beat the AI. Great. I've yet to meet an AI that I couldn't beat given enough time and practice. 
I've spent the last month and a half kicking the hell out of the AI in both Rome and Medieval Total War 2 on a routine and regular basis. And Lord knows I handicap myself to try and do it. When you play a game long enough in a, against an AI, you notice that there are certain patterns in order to win the game. You can circumvent anything a computer does. Even the thing that's playing that uh, Chris Jennings guy or whatever it is on Jeopardy is fallible and can be easily beaten. Well, not easily, but can be beaten. Bio says the bragging rights would come just from making the hack work. Not so much nice. I have all the trophies. Well, that says StarCraft 2 insane you with a 50% handicap. I could try it. I've abandoned StarCraft. Well, I was going to get to that a little later. I've all but abandoned StarCraft 2. I know the patches came out. I don't care. Zan says, every time I am, I'm at one of my friends and he is on it, has it on, uh, I'm guessing this is Black Ops, there's always some high-pitched voice spewing profanity in a way that suggests he doesn't know what half of them mean. Well, you know, Zan, there's nothing I can do about the high-pitched. It's not me. It's my microphone. But I do know what I mean. Felix says, I respect the hackers, just not the people who use it. That's kind of hypocritical, isn't it? Kind of. Well, I respect the hackers, but, but not the people that hack. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, fail. <laughs> I support the troops. I just don't support them fighting in a war. Wait, how does that work? It takes skill to hack. Yeah, well... takes skill to hack, not to use the hacks, the people who just copy. Okay, so I guess it's okay to hack if you're the one who invents the hack and are able to use it. Since you put in the hard work, then by God, you know what? You should be able to go ahead and steal that stuff. You know, you feel free, Mr. Hacker. You spent hours and hours trying to figure out a way around the system. Well, gosh darn it, you put in the time and the effort. You showed you really cared. An A for effort. Go ahead and take all you can. Just don't let your friends do it. There are productive hackers and destructive hackers. Right. Gotcha. Lucas, at least Lucas owns it. He's like, I like hackers. They help me pirate. At least he owns it. At least he comes out and says, yes, I am that douchebag who steals everything I own. More power to you, brother. Stick it to the man. There's the emperor and there's everyone else. Yes, that's, that's right on the left. Of course, I, you know, I'm a hypocrite. I was a notorious pirate years ago. Of course, none of the stuff I pirated, as it turns out, were, and none of it was handicapped, or handicapped, was copyrighted, so I didn't actually get in trouble. I can't, I don't do any of that stuff. I don't even uh, think about hacking or copying anything. Nothing. I was playing, I was playing uh, Medieval Total War a couple nights ago, and I actually looked up the uh, Fog of War. There's a code in, uh, included in the game. Uh, it's a password. You bring up the console, and you type in like toggle underscore FOW for the Fog of War. Because I, for the life of me, I, I'm in the Russian steps, and I'm trying to find the frickin' Russians to set up a trade agreement, and I cannot find them. I cannot find the city, so I finally just toggle it on, and it shows me the entire map so I can find out where the Russian cities are. I felt so dirty afterwards. I'm like, that's a cheat. I just used a friggin' cheat. And then I took it a step further because I used a hack that gives me elephants with cannons on their back. I only made one, though, because I couldn't afford the rest. And then I quickly killed it because I just want. It's been so long since I've seen one. 
Yes, elephants with cannons on their backs. Uh, quick history lesson. Back in the day, certain uh, factions or certain countries, including the Timurids, the Mongols of India, would put small, tiny cannons, artillery on swivel mounts on the backs of uh, elephants, as well as little tiny rocket batteries, you know, the bamboo rockets. So those are kind of badass, actually. In the game, they're kind of broken. So when the Timurids show up, you just kind of throw your arms in the game. You know, basically, you pull your pants down, you turn around, and then you bend over and present your butt to the monitor because you're about to get ass-raped. It really is just like that, too, when they show up. When the Mongols show up, it's like, God, here we go. So I've actually been kind of toying around and modding the game. I don't know if it's necessarily hacking, but bears are better than elephants. E-L-E-A-P-H-A-N-T-S. Grammar is better than idiocy. None left. By the way, do we have any Aussies in the in the room tonight other than none left that have been affected by this you know biblical flood I keep hearing about? Mystic Women and I were watching some YouTube stuff last night. We were looking for uh, pictures of this giant tsunami that's wiped out Brisbane. I feel bad for you people. It's like worse than Katrina down there. I don't think you've lost as many people, but it's destroyed more land. I think I read in one article that the flood is is as big as Germany and France combined. That's a big flood. I'm surprised Dunleft isn't collecting like two of every kangaroo and koala bear and kiwi and heading for a ark. Yes, I, Zarek, it was explained that it was some kind of giant flash flood. It was like a... They said it was like, it was like a tsunami. It was like 27 feet tall. So, I have no idea. I think Dunleft is actually in the north, he said, so he's kind of out of it. I guess. Nolith is our show contributor and IRC uh, bitch. He keeps everybody in line. One of our many Aussies. Anyways, I modded the game a little bit. I was playing uh, Medieval Total War, as I was mentioning, and the game's only 260 turns long. You can continue to play after it's over, but that's kind of stupid. So I modded it so that the turns are actually extended. So there's like four times as many turns. And I kind of bumped up the, uh, uh, the World is Round event. In this version, although it takes place in medieval times, you can actually go to the New World to fight the Aztecs. So, I'm going to go and put the Indians to the sword and bring them Christianity in the same breath. Christ saves. Eat the sword. Martyr, there's your racism for the night. What? How is that racist? How is making fun of Australians racist? I didn't say they couldn't swim or anything. I, I I don't know. Isn't Brisbane like oh scroll I'm not gonna scroll up, just repost it. Whatever. I really hope that's Mystic Mim rubbing her hands through my hair, because if it's not, I'm in trouble. Oh thank God. Hello dear. Hi. And what are you up to? <clears throat> eating chicken. You're eating chicken. Past tense. Okay. Well you Leroy Jenkins? At least I got chicken. Australians aren't a race anyways. That's right. They're from a penis colony. Penal. Same thing. Supposedly they were going to show me uh, Mount Pepsi can. They put a Pepsi logo on Minecraft on the back of the uh, Mount Pepsi can. Apparently you can now PvP in Minecraft, so they're fortifying my castle. I cannot speak for years, though. I think Mr. Boom had a castle. Did you guys build one for her? Like full of shoes? I like shoes. And giant armoires full of clothes that 
you will wear once and then never see again. Like your shoes. But it goes with this outfit. Cool. Are we ever going to see that outfit again? No. Mayasa says, killing in the name of God and King just to get land. I hate part of my heritage. Well, Mayasa, then you must be from every single country in the history of the world. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, yeah, I modded. I don't know if that's really cheating, but it's kind of making the game a little longer, a little funner. I like to be able to explore the new world and, you know, put the sword to the Aztecs. That's kind of interesting and more fun. Mystic Women has a seat right next to your throne, Emp. Fretz tells me in Minecraft. And a huge kitchen. And a huge kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, get your ass back there. Maybe something. <laughs> you had hot dogs. Uh, no, you had a hot dog. No, I didn't, actually. Aha. No. Anyways, so just telling about this gentleman who uh, decided to play a real life. You know what Frogger is, right? Mm-hmm. 23-year-old kid turns to his buddies and says, Go! And then tries to race across four lanes of traffic after telling him he was going to play a real-life frogger. Care to guess how that ended? The same way it always ends when I play? Yes. Except this one was an SUV instead of a block that looks like a truck. Oh. Yeah. He's alive. Don't ask me how. But he is. Well, I can't say his brain got me less, more dead than uh, it was before. True. This is from Fox News. Obama administration reportedly plans to create Internet ID for all Americans. Just what I wanted to know. Why are you drinking my water? I brought you a Pepsi. Well, it's awesome. I take bottles of water, you know, like purify bottled water, and then I pour in the, they have these packets that are, uh, it's Miller time. Foster's, Australian for beer. Tastes like flood. (laughs) (laughs) Foster's is now canning flood water. (laughs) Noah beer. (laughs) Now that's the Ark of the Covenant. Um, Anyways, so where the hell was I going with this? Anyways, I take this Hawaiian punch powder and I put it in uh, bottles of water. It's like five calories. It tastes awesome. She can't stand it. It tastes awful. It's too sweet for her. You're such a pussy. I have one. I'm not There you go. President Obama is putting plans in motion to give the Commerce Department authority to create an Internet ID for all Americans. A White House official told CNET.com. White House Cybersecurity Coordinator Howard Schmidt told the website it is, quote, the absolute perfect spot in the U.S. government, unquote, to centralize efforts towards creating an identity ecosystem for the Internet. Now, remember when I said weeks ago, once the the, uh, FCC got their hands on the Internet, once Obama started the ball rolling, for, for better or worse in that particular case, that it was a slippery slope, that this would just get out of hand. The National Strategy for Trusted Identities in Cyberspace is currently being drafted by the Obama administration and will be released by the president in a few months. Quote, we are not talking about a national ID card. Bullshit. That's exactly what you're talking about. It, that's exactly what it it's is. no different than a driver's license. That's exactly what it is. We're not talking about a government-controlled system. Bullshit. That's exactly what... The U.S. government wants to give everybody a national ID for the Internet, but it's not government-controlled system. Right. What we're talking about is enhancing online security and privacy and reducing and perhaps even eliminating the need to memorize a dozen passwords through creation and use of more trusted digital identities. Cool. So instead of having to memorize a dozen passwords, the hacker just has to take my one identity and he can get into everything. Sweet. Fantastic idea. Makes my job easier. Way to go, Obama. Commerce Secretary Gary Locke said at the event on Friday at Stanford Institute, kiss my ass. The government cannot... Okay, the move has raised eyebrows 
about privacy issues. Quote, the government cannot create that identity infrastructure. Jim Dempsey of the Center for Democracy and Technology told the website, if I tried to, I wouldn't be trusted. Schmidt stresses that anonymity will remain on the Internet, saying there's no chance that a centralized database will emerge. Then what the hell's the point of giving everybody a national ID? We're going to give you an ID, but we're not going to track it. We're going to give you an ID, but we're not going to enforce it. It's a lie. Don't believe that for a second. The minute you're tagged with an ID that's tracked and kept by somebody and that'll be held against you for time immemorial. See, Sakani says the DMCA enforcers will love this. Absolutely. Anonymity on the internet. Whatever. Don't believe it for a second. So legitimate people get the rules and the hackers get to do a, get to do what they want anyways. Really, for a predator to attack kids, look at 4chan. Child porn is coming your way. You know, there's ways of combating that Lucas without giving everybody a digital ID. Yes, Archbishop Shrigs like, Kermit's been very vocal tonight. Yes, he has. I don't like Kermit. I know you don't like Kermit. Especially since it sounds the same as your Ray Romano. My Ray Romano is great. It's the it's same fantas- voice. No, it's not. Yes, it, it is. No, it's not. There is a finite difference. No. It is, it is, it's a refined taste. Deborah, get out of the shower. Deborah's married to Kermit. Coming up next is Fozzie. See, the two completely different voices. Lucas says, Pepsi tastes like gas. I hate that stuff. All right, Coke better. Okay, so I don't. How do you know what gasoline tastes like? I tell you, Lucas is a real man if he's chugging down petroleum. It's got to suck for him, though. 390 a gallon or whatever it is. You're better off buying Pepsi. Man, yeah, says Highlander is here to hold Kermit's mouth shut. <laughs> Work voice is the best, though. I, well, that's a barren thing, and hopefully he'll be in here next week to do that. I, I, I get very nervous anytime the government, especially the United States government, starts talking about regulating the internets. And then they're saying they're going to give you a national ID card. How is that different from a social security card? It's, a, it's the same thing. R.I.P. Lucas Wren, killed by a fast-flying can of Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) To which I probably drank. Yeah. In my defense, I actually, when I was sick, it's kind of weird how this happens. I was actually drinking a great deal of Stewart's root beer, which is a kind of a a higher-grade root beer. I'm a bit of a root beer connoisseur. Snob. Snob, I guess. But it actually coats my throat because I had a very sore throat. It's actually pretty, oh, stop that. Me so horny. I'm coating your throat. Uh, keep it up, I'm going to coat yours. Some of these ideas might come from good intentions, but they all get warped into not-so-unfortunate ends. Well, Panda, you know, the old saying goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And it only takes one person to look at and says, you know what, I, yeah, I know what it's supposed to be, but I bet I could do that for my own benefit. And that's exactly how it happens. I, I, I trust the government with, with none of that, which is kind of an odd thing considering who I am and, and what, where I'm coming from. I trust the government. I just don't trust him with things like this. Zan says, it's pretty amusing if you contrast the very anti-government U.S. sentiments with some of the EU countries who would riot protest for the opposite reasons. And that's why, you know, we are so much different than the Euros. And I think that's, for as much as the Democrats in the country want us to be more like Europe, I just don't see that ever happening. In fact, I would imagine 
No, I'm not going to say it. We're getting too far into the politics here. I'm just not going to. Mm-hmm. What? Lucas oh, evades the can. He dodges the can. Wow. That's pretty cool that he can dodge and he can avoid the can, but he uh, can't avoid the kick. Oh! Smoked. While he was dodging the can, he didn't see my 10-foot shoe come behind him and kick him in the ass right out of the IRC. There you go. I win. So there's that. What else we got here? Okay, here's... Somebody show me the friggin' castle. All right, so there's none left. He's in the pirate hat. I don't know who the hell that is. That's uh, gnome-wise. He paused his camera. Triggs look like he's half asleep. <laughs> See, folks, in the podcast, this is why you really need to come into an IRC chat during the live show. It's better. Hackers breach cancer hospital servers to play Call of Duty Black Ops. We're on a hacker kick tonight. I have actually a personal story to talk about this one here afterwards, but uh, this is from Geek.com. When hackers make the news these days, it's because they've stolen Pentagon secrets, credit card numbers, or iTunes accounts, which we actually discussed last night in our podcast for last week's show, was the stealing of 50,000 iTunes accounts by the Chinese. Now up for sale for pennies on the dollar. Not all hackers infiltrate other people's computer systems for nefarious reasons, though sometimes hackers just want to get their deathmatch on, as evidenced by this story in which hackers breached a server back in November so they could use it as a host for the popular Activision title Call of Duty Black Ops. Sounds minor, right? The problem is that the server they hacked into was that of the New Hampshire-based Seacoast Radiology, which stores the patient information of more than 230,000 cancer survivors. There's no signs of identity theft or the hackers made off with any information. They just wanted to play a few rounds of uh, Black Ops after all. Seacoast Radiology thinks the hackers slash gamers were located in Scandinavia. Goddamn Norwegians, stay the hell out of our cancer buildings. But otherwise, there's a lot of inf- not a lot of information to go on. The fucking Swedes are now screwing with our cancer patients. Don't trust the Danes. But don't screw with the Finns. We all know what happened to Russia when that happened. That was bad. Real bad. It's like 90,000 Finns like, inflicted a million casualties on the Russians. Reading between the lines, it really does look like these kids just piggybacked their deathmatch game off a random server, which was unfortunately once set up by it to help cancer patients and survivors. Now, true story. Back in the day, when I was a kid, when we were playing Quake, one of our guys that was in it uh, when I was playing for CDI, the client SN Incorporated, I think it was Thunder, actually worked for uh, one of the hospitals in the area. Uh, Mr. Bim, you know this one pretty well. It's down the street from here. Anyways, since he worked there, no, not that one. Don't name it, but that's not it. Um, It's like southwest of here. Anyways, so, what? Stop laughing. (laughs) Anyways, since he worked at the hospital back in the day, this is like 96, 97, they really weren't paying a whole lot of attention, but they did have computers. And they had like a a T3 backbone or something like that. So we put our own personal Quake 1 server on the hospital. We had that thing on there for like a year and would play on it constantly. No one ever noticed. Eventually, he took a job elsewhere and shut the server down. But, I mean, for like a year, we had our own personal server. We had matches there and tournaments and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I wasn't going to do the sounder, but I guess we could have. Zan says, didn't Activision license all the servers out to one company to provide, if I remember right? Well, I, you know, people do uh, hacked versions of Ultima Online all the time and World of Warcraft. There's no reason to believe this one was any more legal than those. 
Bio says a lot of those boxes are just file servers just sitting there not being watched. Bio, I believe, Biomed Alchemist happens to work in that particular industry. So Bio says they just don't get checked unless there's a problem sometimes. Well, clearly something must have tipped them off because they noticed that maybe their bandwidth shot up way high and they noticed, well, that's kind of weird. They just want to play some black ops. They weren't looking to steal people's stuff. They just want to shoot people. Kind of ironic that you're killing people on a server that's based on cancer survivors, but what the hell? I beat cancer! You didn't beat the bullet to your head. <laughs> Do you not approve of my sick nature? You married it. So you'll come in here and sit next to me in front of the microphone and make comments that are kind of funny, but you won't actually go on the microphone when I put it in front of you. Yes. That's not fair. Mm, yes, it <laughs> is. It's fair for me. Did you save me some chicken? I'm hungry. Uh, I worked all day today. I came home, had like half an hour to myself to get everything set up, get changed. What are you doing that for? You're disrupting the... The podcast was trying to figure out what the hell's going on, I guarantee. A week from now, when people download us, like, what the hell's going on? Mystic Mim is in here distracting me, as long as she can. Put some clothes on. (laughs) (laughs) too cold for that yeah i did i did hear this which was interesting they had a study that just released uh recently it was on the radio not this station but uh an actual terrestrial one they said cleveland ohio is the second snowiest major city in the country go us yes we're like two-thirds of an inch behind denver so i think octail's out that way and if you're married now nothing she does is supposed to be fair dude i got news for you nothing was fair before we got married how long have I been with you again? Uh. <laughs> wow. October 3rd. It's been 11 years. 1999. I'm the one that I remember the all date. the dates. No, How did I become the woman I in this relationship? The, the hell you did? No, you thought I it was, it was in October September. 7th. You thought it was in September. No, I've always No, it's always been October 7th, the 7th or the 3rd. It's the 3rd. Okay, well we saw it on the 3rd, but no, you know, it's it like one of those things where it actually happened on the 7th. No, it's the third. Yes, we are blaming Lake Erie. That's exactly why. No, okay, fine. You're wrong, but I love you anyways. I'm not wrong. Yes. It's the day I got my driver's license. Oh, you messed. Coolbond says, "You think the Finns beating Russia was bad? Then land, f- uh, then land farmers beating them without any losses would be totally devastating." I don't mess with the Finns. They, I, I scare them. They scare me. Someone get her. I'm like, I, you know what? We have a microphone over here. I can put it right in front of you. It's attached. Or I can stand right there and I can look down your cleavage while I'm talking. Either one. Woohoo! You're like a D. I love it. They're Hudge. All right, folks. We're at the top of the hour. We've got an hour left in the show. We're only going until 8 o'clock tonight because I am basically running flying solo other than Mr. Pim, who's trying to seduce me here on the air. So we're going to take an extra long break so I can go bang it out and then come back. Okay, I guess we're just going to take a normal break because that's never going to happen. <laughs> okay, we're just going to... Warning, this show is intended for a mature audience only and may contain harsh language, trans fats, live nudes, and derogatory comments about your mother. Those who are easily offended or have no sense of humor are encouraged to turn off the show now. Parental discretion is advised.
Welcome back. This is Mystic Mim, and you're listening to the Emperor's Court. You can micro me any day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back here on the Emperor's Court here on First World Productions, VTWProductions.com. I am your host, the Emperor. Joined in studio by no one. I see a couple people in IRC. Every time I play some of this music, everybody asks me about the Project Majestic Mix. Uh, folks, it's not in print anymore. Actually, it was a very limited printing. Uh, it's about time. Allow me to explain something to you. This show comes back and airs when I'm damn good and ready. Having said that, everybody always asks me about the Project Majestic Mix. Uh, it's not, they don't make it anymore. Um, they used to be, I think it was MajesticMix.com. It was a group of, uh, it was a group of magici- uh, magicians, musicians led by Stephen Kennedy and a couple of the, uh, so what up mushrooms? Something like that. And they got together and they were able to get all of, or uh, they were able to get the licensing for some music, specifically uh, Squaresoft stuff. And they did several albums. Project Majestic Mix uh, was the first one. It was a tribute to Nobuo Tomasu, which is like one and two. Uh, it was a silver and a gold edition. The silver edition had like 14 songs, one disc. The gold had uh, two magic musicians. Had two CDs. It was like uh, 40 songs. And you had to donate money to them. They used all the money donated. And they went and got the licensing free fees from Squaresoft. And then they went and produced the CD. And they act- One of them has his own studio, and they're all uh, musicians and it actually went very well and they came out later with square dance which was another one there was uh, uh more square soft games other than final fantasy in there and then of course oh, there we go anyways uh and then there was another one they brought up which was a trance and electronica which was uh, again more square soft stuff uh mainly final fantasy titles and they did three or four albums like that and then they went under I believe Stephen Kennedy actually moved to Alaska with some chick, got married, and that was the last name I ever heard of it. So there you go. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we're going till 8 o'clock this evening. I know a couple of people were complaining that's a shortened show. My apologies, folks. That's on me. The thing of it is I'm still trying to get over this illness, although I am much better than I was. Doing it solo, just myself speaking for three hours without much of a break, it's kind of difficult to do. Uh, so kind of go with that. Now, I did want to go ahead and, and do the mailbag here after this next article. So if you have a question, a comment, or opinion, you want to get it in, now's the time. Emperor1G at Cox.net. We're going to do the mailbag right after this one. But uh, the six most disastrous attempts at Internet damage control. This is from Crack.com, so we know it's going to be good. They call it the Streisand effect, and it happens anytime people try to suppress Internet criticism. They see it blow it up and hilariously in their face. All these companies can tell you, Sometimes it's better just to let it go. Number six, suing to make science stop being right all the time. It's about chiropractors, and chiropractors belong to a medical dis- discipline that may or may not actually do anything to heal people. Despite some evidence that there's value in what they do, many people think they're full of shit. One such man, Simon Singh, decided to tell the chiropractic community just exactly what he thought of it in an article blasting the entire profession on the internet. More specifically, he targeted chiropractors' claims that their services could help children with asthma and colic. The backfire? Most anywhere in the civilized world, you're within your rights to criticize the profession as long as you don't waive your... Okay. When the courts began to investigate Singh and found out that his accusers didn't really have any sort of a case, they turned their attention back to the chiropractors. The fallout. What began as the opinion of one man soon became the interest of the British government. 
as we began to discover a lot of chiropractors were indeed not helping anyone but themselves. As a result, about one in four chiropractors in the UK are now under investigation by regulators for making bullshit claims. Unfortunately for Mr. Singh, he had to pay over 200,000 pounds sterling, or $311,000 in uh, American dollars, in court fees, almost lost his job, and has been relentlessly badgered by the chiropractic community. Although I guess he kind of won in the end. Number five, you're fired Facebook using teenager. Teenager Kimberly Swan started a job one day at Ivo Marketing Logistics as an office administrator. She was only 16 and at the bottom of the ladder, 16, at a marketing firm. Where all people her age are kept so they don't break anything. Her day was filled with such fun tasks as hole punching and shredding documents. Anyway, so apparently she decided to up her date her status on her Facebook, which she logged into from at work. First day at work, oh my god, so dull. The obvious attempt that slander toward her employer didn't go unnoticed. The boss of the marketing firm was monitoring the profile of this 16-year-old girl very closely. I don't know why. Two days later, she struck again with the frankly disgusting, all I do is shred a hole punch and scan paper. Oh my god. Two weeks later, she made the final mistake of posting the damning, I'm so totally bored, B-O-R-D. Finally, the boss had enough of these constant, personal, and publicly viewable attacks on his fine company and called her into the office. She was fired on the spot for slander's posts about the company and escorted from the premises. The backfire. Well, Kimberly didn't actually mention the company by name in any of those posts. So how then did he know it was the, uh, the Ivo marketing department that fired her? Oh, right, because she went to the papers the moment she was fired and they kicked up a shitstorm. The fallout? In order for a company to look bad because of her Facebook posts, someone would have to go through the effort of adding this girl as a friend, scrolling down to look at her previous posts, cross-referencing them with her job history, and then deciphering what the hell she actually meant. Now, the company looks bad to anyone who tries to Google the company. You know, like everyone does before using a company ever. Hell, just look at what... Okay. And of course, the fact uh, the face of the young innocent girl put out of a job for having a social life is right at the top of the list. Complete the link to the story. And she's not bad looking. Still, they go off easier than horizontal. All right, here's one Horizon uh, Realty multiplies bad publicity by 100,000. Okay. Man, this sucks. Hang on. The lead actor says, oh, wow, Simon Singh is one of my favorite authors. He's a mathematician. To those complaining, M stays on the air for as long as he damn well please. Okay, hang on. Let's, let's, let's go back here. There's a couple people in IRC that are complaining the show isn't going the full three hours. You're getting Alpha Geek Radio, which I believe Nomai said he's going to pick up right after I go off the air. So he's going to fill the airtime with more show. I want to explain something here. I'm flattered that you guys want me to be on the air as much as you do. Arguably, we probably have one of the most interactive communities going in any show that I know of at this station and other stations, and I do, I do keep track. Having said that, folks, on a routine basis, Highlander and I go three hours or more, which is more, I think, than any other show I can think of currently in our sphere of the interwebs. It's an online podcasted show, doing it live as well as recorded. Three hours. In that three hours, not only with the help of none left as well, do we find the articles, research them, read them, but we also do the mailbag, we do the quickening, we do the stupid video game moment of the week, forbidden knowledge, this or that. All of those, we put the time and the effort to compile and make. 
We put a lot of time and a lot of effort to doing this show so that you are entertained. We don't make a dime off of this. So I figure over the course of the past year, for all the overtime run over the three hours, which remember the show was originally two, I expanded it to three. And if you include the, the hour music, that's four. Yes, and this gets we do once in a while. Thank you, Bio. Four hours on a Saturday night. I am fighting off a cold. It was a sinus infection, bronchitis. I have not been feeling well. This time of year in Cleveland, I'm always like this. I hate it. Sometimes I'm not able to do a full three-hour show. One of the reasons of me asking Highlander to come out and do this with me for a talk show was so they don't have to carry the whole thing by myself. Now, if I was doing a play-by-play, I do that solo. Different story. So if I have to cut this short by an hour, then I'm going to. Spyro says, and we, the listeners, are helping by sending emails and quickening questions. Yes, you are. The problem is th- those are few and far between. I mean, occasionally we'll have like 10, 12, 15 emails on a topic, and then for the next two weeks we got like three. So I get it. But you have to be a little more understanding. Again, I figure with all the extra overtime run we've done, we've probably got four or five three-hour shows built up just in extra time we've done. So, yes, we're only going until 8 o'clock tonight. I could have canceled the thing outright and just said, eh, screw it. I'm not feeling well. Highlander's not here. We'll just let it ride. I hate doing it. I don't do it. I detest it when people have to cancel shows. Myself included. So I choose to do this anyways. Sore throat and all for two hours. So there you go. And I just now spent five minutes. We could have been talking about articles and all that shit. Putting this down. I also understand that, that our audience has grown quite large. In the last three or four months specifically. It just seems to have been like an incremental, not incremental, but exponentially getting larger. Which is the word of mouth and everything else. Which I like. Great. Thank you. Very much appreciated. The show is better when we have more people sharing in the fun. Having said that, sometimes shit happens. And who are you going to call? Great movie, by the way. But tonight, we're only going to late. Next week, the Baron will be here. There'll be another week of recovery. Another week of antibiotics flooding my system. I will be in much better shape. We'll do three hours. Maybe we'll do even a little more. Thank you, Barry. Glad someone's paying attention to that one. Funny, no one ever complains we go over the three hours. Funny, no one ever really pats us on the back for going more than we have to do. No one ever pats us on the back for having more topics, more material than any other show anywhere, period. But God help me if I have to leave an hour early. Okay. Back to what I was doing. The six most disastrous attempts at punishment on the internets. Number four, Horizon Realty multiplies bad publicity by 100,000. One of the most valuable services the internet provides is a place to vent your frustrations without doing something that might win us a one-way ticket to the county lockdown. Anyways, so when one woman named Amanda Boonen, Bonin, B-O-N-N-E-N, felt the need to vent on Twitter about the state of her apartment and the exact amount of ass that it sucked, she was doing exactly the kind of thing Twitter was designed for, thinking out loud in public so everybody can see you. 
Quote, who said sleeping in a moldy apartment was bad for you? Horizon Realty thinks it's okay. Now, as soon as this tweet was posted, every internet user received an email, and a brick was thrown through their windows, alerting them to the fact that this young woman had tweeted. You know, because everybody who's following her automatically knows it. Anyways, it was going to be seen only by Bonin's 20 followers, which is half of the most grandmas have. And maybe three of them would have taken the time to think, aw, she's having a bad day, before completely forgetting about it. No one with any grasp of how the internet works could possibly be stupid enough to assume this was a damaging attack on the company. Horizon Realty, which was in a legal dispute with Bonin over her living situation, disagreed. The company saw the tweet and called the lawyers. Well, actually, in the resulting fear that the tweet ended up being retweeted by hundreds of Twitter users. Then the news picked up the story. After everything was taken into account, it estimated that the original tweet and the criticism of Horizon's property maintenance was seen by over 2 million people. Now that's called going viral, folks. The fallout. The legal case of this woman was thrown out of court for being too vague, or in other words, the judge told Horizon to stop wasting his time so he could prosecute real criminals. The company also made made it look complete dicks, and the worst kind, and had pretty much eliminated anyone with access to Google from using ever using it at the company. As a final kick in the neck, they never saw a penny of the $50,000 in damage they claimed, and since lawyers don't come cheap, you can be sure they lost money on the court case. As for the chick, it'll be nice to assume that her mold problem got fixed, but unfortunately her whereabouts are unknown, and her Twitter page does not exist anymore. Hmm. Makes you wonder. Speaking of Twitter, how funny is it about LeBron James? Really. For those who don't follow, and I'll blame you, LeBron James used to be here in Cleveland. He's one of the premier players in the NBA. And you needn't uh, hear from me about the horrible way he left Cleveland. He kind of knifed us in the back. Well, the Cavaliers were playing the Lakers. Uh, Our Cleveland Cavaliers, the team he left, were playing the Lakers in L.A. a couple nights ago. And they got killed. Not surprising because our team is... Pretty much injury-prone. Three of our good starters are injured, and the rest suck. So we got killed by the Lakers. This monumental jackass goes on his Twitter and sends out one that says, um, It's crazy. Karma is a bitch. God sees everything, and he doesn't like it when you speak bad about other people. He was tweeting making fun of Cleveland fans and Cleveland players for having lost to the Lakers. By the way, it was, I think, like the worst loss in franchise history. They lost by a ton. This coming from the guy who basically gave the middle finger to everybody in Cleveland, lied about the whole thing, stabbed us in the back, and embarrassed everybody on national television. Well, you know, LeBron, funny how karma works. The very night that he sent this tweet out, his team was also in Los Angeles to play the Los Angeles Clippers. This, I'm sorry, the night after. In the third quarter, the guy rolls his ankle, had to be carried off, this, off the court, didn't play the rest of the game, and they lost. He didn't play in the following night against the Nuggets, and they got killed. And he's not playing again tonight in Chicago because his ankle's in bad shape. So how do you spell Karma LeBron? I spell it A-N-K-L-E, you son of a bitch. That's Karma. Bears his new goal. I, I one day wish to be thrown out of the court for being too vague. <laughs> Speaking of which, you should join my Twitter. It's Empress Court. Search for it. It's not hard. Continuing on. Number three, a magazine steals from, then blames, the Internet. 
Really? Apparently, some journalist student, Monica Gaudio, wrote a pretty good recipe for apple pie. She put it up on the internet, and later it appeared in a magazine called Cook's Source. That sounds like a freelance writer success story until you realize that nobody at the magazine asked her if they could publish it. They didn't pay her a dime. Gaudio sent a polite email to the editor of Cook's Source asking that, she remove, that they remove the article from the online version of the magazine and make a small goodwill donation to $130 to the Columbia School of Journalism in lieu of, you know, paying her. $130. The editor of Cook's Source had a lot of options for making this go away. For instance, offering to pay some token amount for the article. The editor, Judith Griggs, instead replied with one of the worst emails ever. I gotta click on this and see what this says. Let's see. Here's the email. Yes, Monica, I've been doing the. Okay. What I got instead was this. I'm just quoting a piece of it here. The, uh, Monica apparently is the person who sent this in. I have been doing this for three decades, having been an editor at The Voice, House a Tonic Home in Connecticut Women Magazine. I do not know about copyright laws. It was my bad indeed, and as the magazine is put together in long sessions, tired eyes of mine sometimes forget to do these things. But honestly, Monica, the web is considered public domain, and you should be happy we didn't lift your whole article and put someone else's name on it. It happens a lot. Clearly more than you are aware of, especially in college campuses and the workplace. If you took offense and are unhappy, I am sorry, but you as a professional should know that the article we used, written by you, was in very bad need of editing, and is much better now than was originally. Now, it will work well for your portfolio. For that reason, I have a bit of a difficult time with your request for monetary gain, albeit for such a fine and very wealthy institution. We put some time into rewrites. You should compensate me. I never charge young writers for advice or rewriting poorly written pieces and have many who write for me, always for free. Wow, that's balls. Some company takes this chick's recipe off her blog on the internet, an article she wrote, she's a journalist, turns around and instead of giving her credit for it and making a small little donation says that she should pay them? Holy Christ. That's something. The web is considered public domain? Really? Anyways, continuing to backfire. The public domain part is awesome on its own. We're going to start streaming Netflix movies onto crack.com and charge people for that shit. But Griggs wasn't, doing, uh, wasn't done being an unthinkable bitch. You, should, you as a professional should know that the article we used written by you was in very bad need of editing. Wow. Whew. The fallout. The internet went into meltdown. The Cook Source Facebook and Twitter page were flooded with thousands of angry comments, eagle-eyed viewers quickly finding dozens of other cases of plagiarism, all of which were posted immediately on the Facebook page for all to see. When the viewers got bored of finding real cases of theft, they, they started making shit up. Finally, Griggs was forced to respond to try to put out the fire. Well, quote, well, here I am with egg on my face. I did apologize to Gaudito via email, but apparently it wasn't enough for her. Wow. Yes, that's so amazing that we'd actually read a magazine based entirely around Griggs trying to apologize to people. She'll have time. Cook Source magazine was forced to shut down under the torrent of complaints and fleeing advertisers. That's a stone-cold bitch. Yeah, I know it's a plagiarism on the internet, but when your entire online magazine is nothing but plagiarism? Uh, By the way, thank you, Shadow Axe. I didn't say that earlier, but yes, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. She's back, huh? Really? 
I do not know what Gal- Alpha Geek Radio is doing tonight. I believe that Gnome Wise had made mention that he would hop on. Other than I can't tell you. Wow, but I, that, that article kind of, that even pisses me off, man. They swipe some chick's article, use it as their own. Then when they complain and ask for credit, she turns around and says, well, no, you should be paying us because we had to fix it and edit it. Okay, you may have edited it and fixed it, but you still didn't give it credit to the original writer. What a bitch. Oh, yes, no wise will be doing Alpha Geek Radio following the Emperor's Court. Stick around, folks. Number two, Golden Beach Hotel gets Orwellian with user reviews. Adrian Healy simply wanted a quiet weekend at the seaside with his girlfriend, Sherry. Adrian? That's a girl's name. After being diagnosed with cancer 18 months prior. Okay, wow, now I feel like a dick. Adrian's a girl's name, and then it says he's got cancer. Wow. Moving on. Two days into Healy's stay, the furious hotel manager burst into his room and threw both him and his girlfriend onto the street before calling the police. According to Healy, all he did wrong was ask for an extra towel. According to the hotel manager, he was thrown out for abusing staff and breaking a rule not to eat hot food in the rooms. Incidentally, he had written a negative review of the hotel online. Here's the backfire. There are two sides of the story here, and while it seems weird that the manager would react so badly to a negative internet review, if you look at TripAdvisor.com, you see the manager apparently sifts through the bad reviews and posts rebuttals insisting the reviewer is lying. When one woman complained that she found hair in her food, the manager replied, this lady went back for seconds at breakfast. I remember her clearly. The fact that she cleaned her plate and had seconds speaks for itself. Then you had the flat-out screw-you rebuttals. Quote, if it was so bad, spelled wrong, O-S, you should have checked it out. All of the guests were, were, I'm sorry, where, W-H-E-R-E. All of the guests were more than happy. And this guy's the management? If this guest truly felt so bad, no one was forced him to stay. But the most common management response? Talking about how the guest was forcibly removed from bad behavior, or in one case, telling a negative reviewer she wasn't allowed to ever stay there again. I can see where this is going. The fallout. If you click the link in the beginning, you'll see that it came from a local paper describing just how much of a dick the manager was. Now here's one all the way from America. uh, Really compelling stories featuring an easily hateable villain have a way of spreading. The tales of the Golden Beach Hotel shitting has spread 5,000 miles. All right, let's click on this. Let's see what this says. This is from Travel USA. Oh, wow. They gave it like a F rating. USA Today Travel. Oh, wow. That kind of sucks. So let me get this straight. People are complaining. So the guy goes on there and refutes every single one. Saying people are lying, making sure up about them. Wow. That's, it's funny. I actually... Okay, hang on. Let me see if I can find this. All right. Fuck it, we'll do it. Grab a beer, sit back and relax, and he'll spin you a tale. It's story time with Emperor. Okay, here we go. This happened about uh, three years ago. We were staying at the Wyndham Hotel, now the Sheraton, one of the Sheratons, in Baltimore. We went to Oticon, the Oticon convention, which we go to every year. I had made the reservations uh, for Thursday through Monday. I decided to leave on Monday, me and Mystic Man, because we hate trying to fight the traffic. You try fighting 30,000 people who are fleeing Baltimore on a Sunday afternoon to get home. It sucks. I don't do it. 
Every t- I had to go through two or three years where I had to lug our luggage down 20-some flights of steps. I said, fuck this, never again. So we leave on Mondays now. Well, this thing was a disaster from the word go. Now, we have stayed in the same hotel, I think, nine of the ten years that we've been there. The only other time was the Radisson. This one year, this was 2007, I believe. Was it last? Yeah, 2007. For one, we ordered room service. It took an hour and a half to get there, and it was breakfast. They sent us the wrong breakfast. The food we got not only was wrong, but it was burnt. Burnt toast, burnt eggs, sausage instead of bacon, all kinds of weird stuff. So, my complaint about that is, nah, it happens. Fine. Then we have, we had a uh, Do Not Disturb uh, sign that we put on our hotel room. Now, I don't know about you folks, but I rarely get a chance to sleep in past 8 o'clock in the morning. All right? On the occasion that I go to noon mass, uh, I'll sleep until like 10. Okay? When I'm on vacation, I like to sleep in 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. It's phenomenal. It's glorious. So we always put the Do Not Disturb sign on our little handle outside of our hotel room so people leave us the hell alone. And every goddamn morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, housekeeping, uh, what, housekeeping, uh, go away, we have to clean your room, go away. Inevitably, I get up, fling open the door twice, Friday and Saturday, because they wouldn't stop knocking, I said, do not see the sign, well, it turns out, as it happens, uh, both, both times I actually talked to him, the lady was Spanish or Hispanic of some kind, did not speak any English, very little. I so sorry, that was pretty much it. I don't know if she couldn't read the sign or wasn't aware of it or just didn't see it. All right. It's pretty much in plain view. Each friggin' morning, she woke us up at like 830 in the morning. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but once I'm awake, it's very hard to get back, especially when I'm pissed off. So I'm walking out of a deep sleep. I have to trudge open to the door, fling it open. So lucky I was I was dressed. Well, she would have gotten a giant three-foot anaconda in her face. Yeah, okay. Sorry, Mr. Wimmer stepped in there. Anyways, I mean, and th- th- it was just one thing after another. Then we had problems with the bathroom. The The shower wasn't running properly. The You know, we weren't getting any hot water, just cold. You know, eventually, it all comes to a head on Sunday morning, where... Somebody comes up to the door. This is about, oh, maybe 10 after 8 o'clock in the morning. Eight, you know, about, yeah, 10 after 8. On Sunday morning, okay? It's the last day of the convention. We're sleeping until noon because there's nothing going on at the convention until afterwards, afternoon, all right? A banging on the I'm talking a full-on force, a fist pounding on the door to our room. Open this door! Open the door! You've got to get out of here! I, and at this point, I am pissed. This person is actually speaking in English. So I go to the door, and I fling it open. I said, what the hell is your problem? Don't tell me what the hell your problem is. You're supposed to be out of here yesterday. Get out of here. Get your stuff together. You're being charged for the room. Get out. I said, who the hell are you? She said, I work here. It doesn't matter who I am. And it's this, this older black lady, probably about five foot three, hands on her hips. Her head's bobbing left and right, bobbing, you know, you need to get out of here. You're supposed to be out of here a day ago. Hang on, i got to get a drink now. My throat's going. That's better. I mean, just reading me the riot act. Now, luckily, I actually had the bill that they had put underneath the door. They always put it underneath the door the day before. And I, it's a receipt that I already paid in advance. So I held my hand up with my finger. I said, shut up. 
Now, this thunder, because you know, and I can see it just building up. I reach over because it's on a desk right next to the door. I reach over with my left hand, I picked it up, and I hold it with my fist, and I shove it right in her face. I said, What the fuck does this say? You don't lose this language. I said, You're using language with me. Shut your mouth. What does this say? And it, she reads off my name. Yeah, I says we checked in Thursday. I said, When does it say I checked out? It's like, uh, you know, July the 11th. So my time to check out is July 11th? Yeah. I said, what's today? July 10th? I said, okay, so I'm supposed to check out Monday. It's now Sunday morning. What the hell are you doing in my room? And she just kind of stops. And then you see her mouth kind of working. And then she turns around and storms away. Like, like stomping her feet like a 10-year-old. I'm, I'm livid. I'm, at this point, Mr. Pim is up. She's listening to this conversation. Everybody in the hallway has to have heard this now. One guy down the way is opening his door. He might have been getting the, the USA Today they leave on your doorstep, but he's looking down the hall to see what it is. I am pissed. I am fuming. So I call down to the front desk, and I said, I want to talk to somebody about this. This is absurd. So I finally get somebody on there and says, yeah, this is so-and-so, this concierge. And I explained the situation to him. I said, I want to know why I'm being disturbed, and I want to know why this lady has a job. I said, this is out- outrageous. And the guy says, okay, well, obviously it was a mistake. Is there anything more I can do for you? I said, that's your response. We've been interrupted every single morning this weekend. Now I'm being screamed at in the hallway in front of all the other guests claiming that I'm staying an extra day longer in your hotel and that I need to, quote, get the hell out, and that is your response. It's a mistaken identity. Well, yeah, I'm not sure what else you want me to do about it, sir. So I slammed the phone on him. I waited a week until we got home, and then I decided I'm still pissed off about this. Mystic Mim is not the confrontational type. She does not like complaining. I, on the other hand, have no problem with it. I wrote an email to the manager of the entire hotel. I didn't hear anything back for two weeks, so I wrote another email. Then I called the corporate office and said, I want an answer to this. Well, shortly after the phone call, I got an email back. And then a phone call from the general manager of the Sheraton Hotel in the Inner Harbor in Baltimore. Apologizing profusely, and this is not the first time we've had a problem with this particular person. She's the head of housekeeping, as it turns out. And she said that her employees were telling her that we were not letting them in the room, and we were hiding something, and clearly we were up to no good. And I said, we had a do not disturb sign on our front door, or on the door. What the hell difference does it make what we're doing in the room? Well, I understand that, sir. We get that. And uh, yeah, she won't be a problem again. I said, she had better not be. In fact, she better not be employed. I said, this, we have been to you know, your hotel nine times in the last ten years. Check your records right now. Oh, I don't have to. And I said, no. I will wait on the phone. Go to the computer. Pull up the records. And I want you to see how much money we spend at your shitty hotel every single year. I said, the only year we didn't stay was at the because you guys were booked solid. We had to stay at the Radisson across the street. I said, but rest assured, don't worry about it. Not only will I not stay at your hotel again, but I'll make sure everybody on my mail list for the convention, and I dropped the name of the convention, and my mail list for that's about 10,000 people. I said, I will make sure everybody at the convention knows exactly how I was treated. I will make sure my best friend knows who works for the convention, that being Highlander, knows exactly how I was treated, so they can tell the rest of the con-goers to go to every other hotel except yours unless they absolutely have to. Oh, no, sir, that's not necessary. Don't, I'll take care of it. Anyway, as long and short of it is, they gave us free breakfast the following year, all three days, at the, uh, uh, Don, Shula Ho- the Don Shula restaurant, which is really nice. They gave us a Corner King suite, comped, the whole, whole thing, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
I mean, the King Suite's like three hundred some dollars a night, so that was pretty nice. Pretty nice. We had uh, windows on both sides. We got to look right down into Camden Yards. You can't really see the Orioles play, but you can see into the field. But it was just the amount of hoops that I had to go through, and the only thing that really got to him was when I said, "I'm going to tell everybody on on my mailing list, all ten thousand people on my email list, exactly what I thought about you, and I'm going to tell the convention chairman and the head and everybody else exactly what what a, a shitty." experience i had this is outrageous fred says emperor the master of extortion no it's not extortion it's 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 pure customer service yes customer service thank you bio bio says man i talk to hounder about baltimore looking to move there i've been to baltimore than he has i've been there like 11 years straight it's great i like baltimore at least the inner harbor Shrink says the moral of the story is complaint no the moral of the story is look on the piece of paper before you go banging on somebody's front door in the hotel room, screaming at him like a banshee before you embarrass yourself and get everything you know in trouble. Your entire company in trouble, and I have to make calls. By the way, I did send out the email anyways. I hope I did cost him some dollars. I shouldn't have to pay for that kind of nonsense. We dropped like 500 bucks on a hotel bill every time we go, not including food. That's just to stay there. And that's with the convention discount. Anyways, so what's number one? Okay. Number one, DIG rebels against the MPAA. The conventional wisdom is if you can't get absolute control over a new electronic medium, then you'll never profit from it. Thus, companies pour money into making products and media hack proof, which due to human nature just makes people want to hack them more. I guess it makes sense. Uh. Once upon a time, high-definition format was competing with Blu-ray, but a hacker known as Muslik64 was disappointed to find that his extremely expensive HD equipment wouldn't work with his expensive TV unless he bought the much more expensive cable the HD company demanded. Taking matters into his own hands, he managed to find the, and pinpoint the encryption key on the discs that enabled him to strip the protection and use the format with any device. The trouble came when he leaked the encryption key online so that anyone with the same problem could easily fix it. The MPAA went, went absolutely apeshit over this, and apparently he started threatening anybody who posted the key with legal action. For a while, several sites removed the information, and several others shut down. But then the NPAA sent a cease and desist order to DIG. Not DIG.com. Hang on. DIG is not a guy with a website. DIG is millions of random strangers submitting stories on a website. So the whole cease and desist thing doesn't work so much. Sure, they removed the first post, only to have it replaced by several more. Efforts to remove those caused hundreds more to pour in, each containing the encryption key in their headline. Soon, the encryption keys totally flooded the front page of the site until basically no other content was visible. Posting the key became the most popular cause of the day for the internet. Users got creative, posting the key in songs, pictures, even in binary code. The fallout went dig no longer removing any posts relating to the key. The floodgates opened and literally thousands of posts flooded the site, all showing the code. You can even buy t-shirts and mugs, and one guy even got a tattoo of it. <laughs> you, you get a tattoo of an encryption key for a, for a high-definition television. I'm not sure if you're a hero or a dumbass. Anyways, after Dig got uh, struck a resounding blow against internet censorship, other sites began to follow his example. 
Google search results showed that around 700,000 websites in total had the code, to which the NPAA responded by sending a cease and desist order to Google, telling it to stop returning results on the code. Google obviously did not didn't do such a thing because, you know, Google bows to no one. Except the Chinese. So there you have it. Don't F with the Internet. I think we've all come to realize that. Things like Anonymous and the rest, it just kind of backfires and blows up in your face. Sakani says, now we know why the Blu-ray won the format war. I, I, it was a foregone conclusion. And, and for years, I wrestled with getting a high-definition uh, or a Blu-ray DVD player. And I waited and waited because I knew that eventually one or the other was going to win. And I didn't want to spend all the money on buying one that I was going to end up losing about losing out on. So I held, I held my ground. And by God, it was worth it. And I bet right. I bet Blu-ray was going to pull it off. And they did. And I think the Sony PlayStation 3 really had a lot to do with that. So... Anyways, I have to do one quick thing here on my Sam Encoder, which is the program I use to broadcast this. Give me one second. Where the hell is it? Uh, okay. I realize I have a couple things in here on my sounder that should not be here. I'm just removing them so that they don't cloud. There we go. Now, one second while I update this. I can hear my dog barking out in the yard. Do you know that I can't find one insurance company that allows me to have a pit bull? I mean, I eventually did find one, but, you know, it took forever. It's terrible. I don't know if any other countries have the same kind of problems with getting pit bulls that we have in the United States, especially in the state of Ohio. They're afraid of them. They hate them. Uh... One second. Sorry, folks. This I didn't realize into this until just a few minutes ago. I was in the middle of my little rant here that uh, I had this on there. Let me refresh this thing here. And let's see if it took. Crap, it did not. Or did it? I can't tell. Yes, it did. Hot damn. Okay, good. All right, we're good. Uh, let's do the mailbag. The post office delivered your hate mail to the house again. Anything worth looking at? No, just the usual death threats, letter bombs, and human feces. You always make it sound worse than it is. How do you know it's human feces? As always, you can send your comments, opinions, and everything else to the show at emperor1g at cox.net. I thrive upon your feedback, so please send them in. All right, this one uh, sent in by Xanath. Greetings, glorious emperor. May your Pepsi cans fly straight and true and slay thine enemies. Hail Highlander, who's not here. There can only be one orc peon voice. Over this, although that's more of a barren thing. Over this week, I spotted a story that made me think of you guys, both as it links to previous topics you've discussed and because of Highlander's involvement in the anime community. And this is from Zone Asia Blogspot. To summarize the above, the countless wine threads on forums and news sites across the web, Tokyo has passed a law to age-restrict it's rather standardless anime and manga industry. Blah, 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 blah. Age restricting a lot of products, including Lolly, Hentai, etc., which has caused a massive backlash both from the publishers, who have threatened to pull out of next year's International Anime Fair, and the people themselves. 
The reasons for this law are many and varied, with it speculated that international pressure from countries horrified by some of the exports coming out of Japan, rape play, for example, while the proponents of the law say that it simply represents the will of the people. Opponents of the law are crying censorship and claiming it may lead to content being banned outright or damaged the industry. In particular, I found it interesting that even Japan is joining the trend for control of media made available to minors, mirroring Australia's issues with video game releases and the legislation of California is attempting to pass. I'm curious what effects, if any, this law may have upon the international anime and manga industries. If Highlander in particular has any thoughts on it. Looking forward to an awesome show, guys. Zanath. Interesting. Um, I'm not really... I'm not really understanding why people are so surprised this comes out of Japan. I tell you, we fucked them up something weird. When we dropped nukes on them, something happened. We warped them, mutated them some way, somehow, and it just got out of hand. Uh, it's not much different, really, what comes out of Germany and what comes out of this country. I don't know that it'll have a, a huge... No. Panda says, actually, t- my town banned them. Really? I, I'm not sure that how much of an impact it's going to have on the international market. Probably not as much. I mean, once you, you can always upload it to the internet, and, and it, once it's out there, it's out there. This is you have to understand that that sales of of hentai and stuff like that, as far as DVDs go or movies, aren't like they were five, ten, fifteen years ago. With the internet, everything's free now. You don't have to look and buy anything. You just go on the internet and find it for free. So I'm not really sure exactly how that's going to work. That's, I don't know if it's really going to curb anything unless they're actually going to block it on the internet when it really comes down to it. Because they can just hop on, Google search hentai even in Japan and come up with what they want. Meh. Fred says, there's the racism, I guess. I don't know if it's really racist. I guess. I think it's kind of a stretch. This one's sent in by Onan. The truth about Edward... Uh, I got something in my eye. Okay. The truth about Edward. Uh, This is from the douchebag from uh, Twilight. Dear Emp, I remember a few shows ago when Highlander talked about seeing a Twilight movie and simply being unable to understand why Edward and Bella would ever be attracted to one another. After asking around a bit and being forced to actually do research on this topic, one of my exams actually needed me to write on the new influx of the vampire genre. I kid you not. I found out that Edward is, in fact, magically attracted to Bella's life force for no explicable reason, and of course, Bella is just a naive, pubescent girl, so he does. So she goes for the hot dude. She's not hot. He's a pale, thin, real little shit that I would beat up for his lunch money. What I also found out, which is a lot more interesting to note, is that Edward is not actually a vampire, but an elf. How do I realize this? Think about it. He's immortal. Has eternal youth, which is what immortal means. Is the most handsome guy around. That's kind of gay. I didn't think so, but I'm kind of surprised you do. Even sparkles. If that's not the textbook description of an elf, I don't know what it is. Sure, he lacks the ears, but that's only one thing, really. Does that qualify as racism? Onan. Uh, that's a stretch for the racism comment, but you know, I suppose if you're looking at it from a Team Alucard for the win, I guess you're looking at it from a Warcraft standpoint, yes, you're a racist prick. So there you go. I actually saw a picture today. Somebody posted it. There are in certain... Uh, uh, Barnes and Nobles, they actually now have, you know, when you walk into a bookstore and they've got those those placards that tell you exactly what genre is in a particular, you know, part of the, the store, 
you know, you see science fiction or fiction or biographies. They now have one that says vampire romance. I shit you not, ladies and gentlemen, hand to God, there's actually a placard out there that's appearing in some bookstores. There's an entire section simply for vampire romance. I died a little when I saw that. Helsing was great, but they never finished it, I don't think. I was watching Helsing Ultimate, and it stopped at like number four with uh, Operation Sea uh, Line. I never saw anything else. No, oh, well. Hell, uh, Emperor and Highlander. I was just wondering who did the version of Blarney Roses, the song you played during last week's show, for I would like to get my hands on this song. I find it catchy. Also, a this for that or two for pondering. Okay, we'll save those for our time. Got another really great one, but I forgot it. Best regards, Aharon. All right, the Blarney Roses song, It's the song itself is an old Irish classic, so you can get it. There's a lot of people that cover it. The one that you hear is a local band here in Cleveland called um, uh, New Barleycorn. B-A-R-L-E-Y-C-O-R-N, all one word, New Barleycorn. Uh, they play a lot here in Cleveland. Uh, they're originally from Ireland. In fact, they, they still go back there. They're from Ireland, so... But they've been in Cleveland for years and years and years and years. So that's how I can find them up. Go to, I'm sure if you Google search them or newbarleycorn.com, you can order their DVD or their CDs online. All right. This one also from Xanth. Hail Imp and writing to hopefully provide you content. You are not already an answer to your call to arms in the pre-show. A brief breakdown of the above. This is Explosion Man Maker Calls Capcom. Capcom's mobile department quietly released what looks to be a shameless rip-up of the Xbox Live arcade game Explosion Man. Onto the iPhone App Store, causing Twisted Pixel CEO to publicly express his disappointment and deliver several very witty soundbites. Though sadly he knows they are too small time to be able to sue and have a chance of winning in the courts against Capcom. Given how big the indie game markets are getting on on things like Xbox Live Arcade and Steam, I find it pretty disturbing to see Capcom do something like this. Copying and pasting game ideas isn't a new concept, but usually a developer will stick to just mechanics, not rip the whole thing piecemeal. I'm sure it's similarly discussed to you. Looking forward to the show, Xana. Well, that kind of goes hand-in-hand with the chick that lost her apple pie recipe to that uh, cook source. It doesn't surprise me. Capcom's been in a world of her for a long time. I mean, didn't we... In fact, I know we just covered them last night in the uh, podcast we recorded, which is another reason why my throat's gone. We went for an hour and a half last night, too, without break. Uh, is that... You know, Capcom, even their people are saying, you know, the Japanese game market's five years behind the West. That right now, Western game companies are so much more motivated and they're so much more creative, they're just burying the Japanese product. I always get to my emails. This one's sent in by Mr. Mead. Do it yourself, hackers. Tinker everyday things into treasure. This is what I meant by productive hackers, Emp. This is from NPR.org. All right. For future reference, never send me articles or anything from National Public Radio. They can get on their knees and suck my ass. Moving on. Okay, basically it's an article that shows people that are tinkering with various things, like uh, some guy's got a typewriter that he somehow jury-rigged and is attached to an Apple monitor, and and some guy is soldering a Philadelphia's high 76 hacker space, builds a boom case... Boombox out of a suitcase and amplifier from an old computer. All right, this isn't the same kind of hacker. This is a somebody who's just building things. This is somebody who tinkers with stuff like I do, electronics. This isn't actually hacking a program for the sake of hacking it. A little different. 
quote, we better get hard at work so the Capcom has something to steal next year. Oh, shit. The Steelers beat the Ravens. 31-24. I hope uh, Legal Tender bet on the Steelers. I was hoping the Ravens would pull it out. I hate them both, but I hate the Steelers more. Roethlisberger's a alleged rapist. Thanks, Akani. Well, that sucks. Uh, what are you going to do? Go Browns. Apparently we have a new coach. No one's heard of him. No one likes him, but we got him. <laughs> Says I. Well, folks, it is 8 o'clock on the eastern seaboard here. Although I am in the Midwest, we share the same time zone. Uh, the only thing I want to share with New York. But uh, uh, that means that we need to get out of here. So uh, hit the music. Of course, I'm telling myself to hit the music because I'm the only one in here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what did we learn tonight? Well, we learned that Highlander will not be here tonight or next week. I learned that next week, Baron Von Gosu will be in studio to join me. That's why we'll have a co-host here. I've learned that you can pretty much steal anything off the internet and then turn around and blame the person you stole it from as the culprit behind it. I just learned that Capcom is a plagiarizing bunch of assholes, but that surprises me not at all. I learned that Alpha Geek Radio will... Uh, okay, cool gnome-wise. I learned that Alpha Geek Radio will be following the Emperor's Court immediately. So stay tuned, stick around. Keep it right here, because no miles will be taking over. Um, don't forget, tomorrow, Sunday, big day here at uh, BTW Productions. We've got, let's see, Casually Hardcore airing in the evening. We've got Hordak. Ah, Hordak. Octane Hordak vs. The World in the afternoon. All kinds of shows, ladies and gentlemen, all over. Oh, God, I'm just starting to really go here. Tons of shows. We've got 2040 and Difficulty Check and White Rooms to Repeat and Essence of Roleplaying and Podcraft and... I, somebody asked me earlier an email a couple weeks ago, and I didn't know the answer. I guess they've been asking if Sue Gaming is even around anymore, and they resorted to asking me because they never got a response. I don't know. Uh, I I don't even know the last time that Sue Gaming was on. Apparently, Alphabet Radio will be going two hours minimum. Nice. So I, I I don't even know who to to put that question to. My my. Uh, Apologies for not getting back to it earlier, but I completely forgot about it. It's not really something I specialize in. I'm not really in, uh, up on the the finite schedule of what everybody's doing here at DTW. I'm just a show host, guys. Uh, you have to talk to Gnomewise or Bio for that one. But I, I don't think Sue Games is even airing anymore. I think they might be on hiatus. Well, I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, that would be Type Frag Control Servers, the same one Clan Imperial Guard uses for our gaming and have for years. I want to thank audio, uh, was Audiobooks. Thank you very much. There we go. From Audible, no left has it there in IRC. My appreciation. I want to thank Gnomewise for putting up our podcast for us. As always, he does a fantastic job getting him right up for you to listen to. And I want to thank our IRC bitch and show contributor, None Left, braving the floods that aren't apparently affecting him since he's in the north, to come here and help us here in IRC and track down some of the uh, songs and sound bites that I require, as well as the articles that you hear every show. Some of them anyway. I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Folks, if it was not for you, we would not be here. I highly encourage you and recommend that you listen to all of the other fine shows here on First World Productions, VTWProductions.com. And don't forget the home of myself, a Highlander, Clan Imperial Guard, ClanWinG.net. We really need to find a new game to start playing because I'm mean, kind of out of the saddle. I've just been playing a couple of single-player games. Medieval and Rome for the War and uh, playing some Langerseer and a little bit of Dynasty Wars Online. Just trying to keep myself busy until something big drops my lap. 
I meant to get to it earlier about how I've abandoned StarCraft 2, but I never really got around to it. So maybe next show. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Emperor's Court. Search for it. Add us. It's important. Also, add us on Twitter, Emperor's Court. We tweet on a regular basis. Uh, well, I think that's pretty much about it. I think. Yes? Right? No one cares about Tasmania. Well, I got devils. Well, you're welcome, Fretz. Thank you, Emperor, for doing the show. Uh, you are very welcome. My apologies for not going an extra hour as I normally do, but uh, I'm reaching the limit of where I'm at. Luckily for me, Gnome Wise is here to pick up the ball and run with it. Johnny on the spot. So, Alpha Geek Radio coming up next. Keep it tuned right here. Ladies and gentlemen, bad manners are better than no manners at all. I will see you next week with Baron Von Gosu. Same time, same place. So long, everybody. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. <laughs>